Well, hello, everybody, and welcome or welcome back to the Yearbooking Report podcast as we start a new school year, 2019-2020. Welcome. If you're a rookie person, welcome. You're going to have fun. Trust me. You're going to have fun. All right. I'm Sky Geezy. I'm a 21-year Jostens representative. Also honored to be a certified journalism educator through the JEA, Journalism Education Association. And I do this sort of stuff because I'm a storyteller. I like telling stories, and that's the whole purpose of a yearbook. Telling stories that we're going to keep for life. And here we go. We're starting a new school year. Of course, here at the beginning, no matter where you are, it's always exciting and energetic, and there's lots of things we want to do and so on. So hopefully... That's you, depending on when you're listening here. School has either started already for you or it's about to start. And we have uh, got to get going. So we bring you once again this monthly podcast and video feature as we hear from some top yearbook advisors and yearbook experts from around the region and around the country on topics of interest to, well, everybody. And the feature for this particular podcast is going to be team building. We're here at the beginning of a new school year, and probably every yearbook staff out there has new members, so we need to build or rebuild our team. Now, some folks really don't do much with this. They just sort of sit down and work, and I think it's kind of important to build your new team. I mean, think like a sports team. Any coach would tell you that, uh, you know, at the start of a sports team, uh, uh, you know, preseason and so on, it's important to get everybody kind of on the same page. We understand everybody, you know, welcome new players, figure out who can do what and that sort of stuff before you ever get into your sports season. And so the yearbook is kind of like that. We need to build our team, but what do we do? Well, recently we talked with our friend Kelly Shearer. Kelly is a veteran advisor from South Williamsport High School in South Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Kelly has made some outstanding yearbooks over the last number of years. She has no problem doing storytelling. She makes sure that her kids do that, and you'll be hearing about that in a little bit. But we wanted to find out more about what she does, what she does well, and then eventually something about building the team or building the new team. So we hope you get some really great advice from this. Listen to the end, especially at the very end. We've got uh, some great advice from Kelly at the very end. But first, we're going to start off just by meeting her. Well, first off, Kelly, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Now, we're doing this recording in mid-August, and where you are, classes have not started yet. It has started in some parts of the country at this point, but I know that you're really busy doing prep work and such, so... We appreciate you taking some time today. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, our main emphasis that we're going to do in this interview, we're going to talk about team building. Here at the beginning of a year, how do we build our new team to do what we really need them to do? But let's start with some basic information. Uh, tell us something about yourself. How long have you been advisor? What do you teach at your school and so on? Okay. So I have been an advisor for eight years. And um, we actually started with a club of approximately 50 members. And our second year as advisor, um, we were fortunate enough to transition into a class setting, and we've been that ever since. Um, it's my 15th year teaching, and I teach ninth grade English along with my one yearbook class. Now, did I hear that right? Your first year, you had 55 members? Yes, that is correct. We, um, 
I got a phone call over the summer saying, hey, do you want to help me take over a yearbook? And um, with one of my coworkers, and I was very excited, and we had no one on our staff to start. So I reached out to a couple of students, and I said, bring your friends, bring everybody, and lo and behold, we had 50 members. And how did you handle that? Well, it was quite stressful because um, our largest group um, met during our club period, but we only saw them every other week. And um, we had a few kids who wanted to be on the staff, just couldn't make clubs work, so we still allowed them to do work. And basically, every single student, they were required to do one spread or photograph one event, write one story, whatever it was to help out. Um, and I think for the most part, having that many kids, it was crazy, but we had a lot of motivation. So All right, now let's, let's compare this year, your brand new group that's about to start. How many kids do you have? 17. All right, now which is better, 50 or 17? Ah, it depends on what you're doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, in a class setting, um, definitely 17. Um, but if you were in clubs, um, maybe more than 17, just because you don't see them as often. Um, so every little bit helps. All right, now let's get a little bit about your school. Tell us something about your high school. Our high school is, um, we're in a rural, rural community. Um, we have approximately 400 students. Um, we are with our junior high, so we have 7 through 12 all in one building. Um, but we have 400 at the high school, just 9 through 12. Now, your school is South Williamsport. Across the river is Williamsport, Pennsylvania, which is much larger. And it's ironic, I guess, that we're doing this in mid-August because I think when a lot of, especially sports fans, when you yeah. say Williamsport, Pennsylvania, they immediately think, oh, yeah, Little League Baseball, which the Little League World Series is about to start as we're recording this. Although I think a lot of people have this wrong, it's actually in South Williamsport, correct? Correct. Um, and yeah, if, you ask, if, if you ask our students, they kind of get a little angry about um, that discrepancy. So um, that's their little claim to fame. They love the Little League World Series. I have lots of our students who work there um, over the next two weeks. So, folks, when you see this on television, it had better say South Williamsport, not just Williamsport. No offense to our Williamsport friends, okay? Now, yeah. to be fair, Kelly and I work together, although, Kelly, it's only been for a year. And, yeah. yes, I do work with the folks across the river. <laughs> I work with them, too, and they're terrific. All right, so I don't want to start students, something. Here. Lots of our students go to school over there, so. There you go. Okay. Now, I'm curious, I loved your book last year, and your theme was Leaving a Legacy, which I thought, this is an interesting theme. So let's back up just a little bit to last year's book for you, which again was terrific. Why that theme? Where did that come from? Well, um, some of our students, um, I actually had a large uh, senior group on my staff last year, and um, it was tough for them to kind of pinpoint down um, one theme that hit home for their entire class. 
it was very, very tough. So as we started to brainstorm, we kind of came across the idea of legacy. And with each student, um, I guess it goes with anybody, not really just students, but we all leave a legacy behind, no matter what it is. It could be very small, very big. Um, we, our sports teams have been great over the years at South. Um, our tennis team just won um, districts. So it's something where um, we all leave that legacy behind. And um, we wanted to kind of showcase that and highlight some individuals throughout the book. Um, so I think the kids did a really nice job with that. I'm curious, did any of the kids struggle with this one? Because as you were doing that last year, my observation was, I think a lot of, I will say high school kids in particular, have no idea that they can leave a legacy on other people or on their building after they leave. They just kind of go to school every day. They have no idea. Did some kids maybe kind of struggle with this legacy idea? Um, they did. My staff especially. So a couple of the kids were all on board with it. They knew exactly where to run with it. Um, and then a couple of them were just a little confused still. So we um, had a, several discussions about legacies, um, the little legacies, the big legacies. And I think um, for the most part, um, my staff, they understood it. They could convey it a little bit. Um, yes, it may have been lost to some of the students. Um, but I think our great story writing of our opening and closing definitely hit home with leaving those legacies. There's one thing about your book, and again, you do an awesome book. You have no problem telling stories. Now, my question to you is, as you're working with students, especially maybe rookies who are brand new to the staff, is it easy or hard to get across to them, guys, we're storytellers here. We're supposed to tell stories in this book. Do you ever have any trouble with that? We do. They fight me. They hate stories. They try to get out of stories. Being an English teacher, it's um, a little heartbreaking sometimes. But um, I will have to admit, uh, my opening and closing story writers sometimes won't be students on my staff. Um, I've taught uh, senior composition for probably about 10 years now. And um, I usually would pull somebody from my senior comp class who demonstrated a great writing ability. Um, and then I would just ask them and show them um, our theme, kind of sit down and talk with them for a couple of sessions and then let them go and let them write. And I have always had success with that. So um, sometimes on my staff, I think maybe about two or three years, I did have a few great writers, great outstanding writers um, who were ready for that challenge of the opening and closing. Um, but more often than not, my students just want to get the story done. Um, it's not one of their favorite parts of the book. Well, here's a note for everybody, but especially for rookie advisors, it's perfectly fine to reach outside your group for kids who have certain talents like writing or maybe photography. Uh, sometimes, Kelly, I get the feeling that, well, it has to only be on our staff. No, you've got lots of other people in your school, so if you can use them, use them. Yeah. 
We'll get back to more with yearbook advisor Kelly Shearer from South Williamsport, Pennsylvania, coming up in just a little bit, including some really, really good tips on team building and ideas, things that you can do if you're not doing already to help build your team to do a better job with this year's yearbook. Well, again, here we are at the beginning of the year, which can be exciting. It also can be intimidating. You know, one of my favorite riddles is how do you eat an elephant? You've probably heard this one. How do you eat an elephant? Well, if you don't know, you eat them one bite at a time. You don't take one giant gulp of the elephant. That'll never work. You got to do it one step, one bite at a time, and gradually over time, you get the job done. Well, what do we do here at the very beginning? There's the elephant. He's standing there. What do we do? How do we get these bites? Well, here's some quick advice. Uh, Hopefully you're doing this already, but number one, of course, take pictures, take pictures, take pictures. I am amazed every year at how many yearbook staffs get absolutely not one picture on the first day of school, which is one of the biggest days of the school year, not one picture. Get in those hallways, get outside before school, get outside after school, get your staffers, advisors, maybe you do it for day one. Get some pictures of the first day of school. And then if you can, think about it, there's something going on at school every day of the year. How do we get some pictures of various things? You could be taking pictures literally every day. And so maybe make that a goal with your staff. Fresh pictures at least every week, if you can, maybe every day, because it's that important. We need a good battery of pictures. Then we have the two words that some folks really don't do a whole lot with and really should. They've always been keys to success for me, and that's simply organization and planning. Some yearbook advisors don't do much with that. If you're a rookie advisor, these two words are the keys to success this year. Organization. Okay, who do we have? What is everyone's responsibility going to be? Assignments and so on. Um, Maybe there are some people not on our staff, but in our school that can do some things for us in various ways. All right, let's get in touch with them. What can they do for us and so on? Thoroughly organize your group. And then, of course, planning. And some folks don't really do a whole lot with that, but I've always said that I think the whole month of September, when you think about it, could be just planning. You don't necessarily have to rush onto a computer. Instead, let's plan what we're going to do. What's our theme going to be? What's the cover going to look like? What are the pages going to look like? What are some key elements we're going to use this year? Are we doing a chronological book? Are we doing more of a standard book? Um, We need to get pictures of blah, blah, and blah for the football spread. Well, how are we going to do that? Planning. Thoroughly plan as much of your year as you can, realizing things happen during the year. So you kind of twist and turn a little bit. But thoroughly plan, thoroughly organize. Take the first few weeks of this school year to do that. Get it down on paper or on a board or something. And then the old line is you plan the work and then you work the plan. And it works every single time. So if in the past your uh, yearbook staff or your effort's been a bit of a headache, I bet you do some organization and planning. A lot of those headaches will probably go away. And the only other thing really here at the very beginning of the year, of course, get your book sales started. Some schools kind of wait for months uh, before they start their book sale. But think about it. The first week or two of the school year, high energy, a lot of excitement. People are happy to be there before all the grunge starts to move in and the, the grind and the work and so on. Why don't we take advantage of that high energy, that excitement, the first two, three weeks of the school year and get your book sale started? If you haven't already, talk to your Jostens representative. Hopefully they've already set up your book campaign for the year, but if not, meet up with them 
run the numbers, all that sort of stuff, and then get things started. Whether if you're using one of our Jostens programs, which are fantastic, or if somehow you still want to do the book sale, maybe completely on your own, that's fine. But the thing is, get it started. An early start almost always, I can almost guarantee it, will mean a better book sale. And a better book sale, of course, benefits everybody. You're working so hard on this book, let's get people to buy one. So there you go. Pictures, organization, planning, sales. That's what you do here at the start of the year. Right now, let's get back to more of our interview on team building with advisor Kelly Shearer. Now, let's talk about your staff. How does someone get on your yearbook staff? They just fill out the paper during scheduling time and hope for the best. So if it gets into their schedule, great. Uh, two years ago, we actually had over 70 students request yearbooks. Um, and I about 15 were fortunate enough for last school year to get into yearbook. All right. Now, how does someone get in? They just um, put it down as like a number one or a number two choice. Um, when it comes time to scheduling um, in the winter time, I think we do it around February, and um, they sign up like we have no real application process. It's one thing that I do want to move towards in the future, um, but because of the nature of our scheduling, we don't do prerequisites, we don't do applications into things, um, so it's... I. I see what I get when class starts like any other class. So, Has that caused you problems? Um, it has caused me problems. Um, some of the years we would have students who were very reluctant to work, who couldn't meet deadlines, um, but it reflected in their grades. So um, I'm very upfront the first couple of days of school. We actually have a drop-out period for five days. And in those five days, I really convey the um, demands of the class that this is it's all or nothing you can't just kind of wing it um, it's a fun elective it's a year-long elective at my school um, but it's something that they just can't um, breeze through that there is a huge commitment inside and outside of class you ever have kids who get into it and realize uh-oh this isn't what I expected I mean, can they get out or are they stuck in there? They are They are stuck in there. And it's kind of funny how you said that because um, I did have a student like that. Um, he didn't do too well. He actually, um, his wrestling coach kind of reached out to me and said, hey, what can we do? I don't understand, you know, why he's not doing so well. It's Our season's coming up. And um, even the student had admitted to me that, Yep, I'm not doing too well. This was not what I thought it would be. I thought I could just come in here, take some pictures, and throw them on the computer. Um, but then it turned out that that individual, by the end of the school year, I um, I saw editor potential in him. Um, so he went from not wanting to do it anymore to um, the following year, he was actually my photo editor. Um, so it's Kids will do some great things, I think, once they understand what yearbook is all about. Um, but it's just kind of pushing them to get to that point. All right. You kind of read my next question because I was going to kind of turn it around. You know, have you had kids get in there and you're thinking, oh, boy, this kid, not, not happening. And somehow along the line, the light bulb goes on and this kid turns out to be, hey, this kid's pretty good. Now, you just described one. Have you had others like that? 
Um, I think I have had some students who um, have been the quiet student in the beginning, and then um, they have really grown over the course of a year. Um, but I don't know. I think they're all usually, for the most part, they all want to be in yearbook. So it definitely helps. All right. Now, we're here at the start of the school year, essentially. And let's let's just start from there. For your for your particular effort, what do you do right here at the beginning, right at the start? Classes are starting. Your book is starting. What are some things that you do right off the bat at the beginning? Okay. Um, because we have to get our business ads rolling, um, we tried to do that in the spring, but just with everything going on, sports, end of the school year, it's very tough. So we just wait till the very beginning of the school year. And um, we start with some class introductions, kind of getting to know each other, little question and answer sessions, just sitting around the table talking. Um, and then we also start with um, interviewing process. So we interview each other, but then we practice interviewing for um, going out to businesses. Because when we um, go to the community, I want my students to be prepared. So last year was our very first year that um, within the first 10 days of school, I had three business owners come in and talk with my students about how to properly, you know, approach a business, talk to them, um, and kind of go over all the information that they would need to look for sponsorships. Um, and then we did some practice sessions with those individuals, and it was probably the best experience um, for all of my students, even the ones who were um, second year yearbook kids, they said um, they feel m much better about going out into the community. Um, so I think doing that early on in the school year um, opens them up a little bit to having more confidence in themselves. I'm glad you mentioned that because when you shared that idea with me last year, I thought, this is great. You know, bring some adults in, real-world life experiences, share with the kids sort of a Q&A and role-playing, I guess, and stuff like that. And it sounds like, from what you just said, that turned out really, really well. I'm assuming you're doing that again. We are. We are. So that's definitely on my agenda for the first um, few weeks of school. Um, but the kind of the change in the way that the students talk with one another even definitely helps because it kind of broke the ice for them a little bit. I'm just curious, the same adults or you have different people this year? Well, maybe the same adults. Uh, the uh, Two of the three were parents of my staff members. So the one has graduated, but the other one's still there. So who knows? All right, a note for advisors tuning in. Every town has these people. They have business owners and, and, and managers and whatever. And I, from my 20 years of experience, a lot of these folks, they want to come into school and share their experiences with kids. So, boy, folks, you got to do that one. Kelly, that, that's just a, an awesome idea. Now, let's talk especially about team building. All right? You've got this brand new team, uh, different kids. Uh, do you know right now how many rookie kids do you have this year? Oh, I want to say maybe 10, 9 10 or 10. Out, 10 out of 17? Yep. So at least half or over half the group are rookies who have never done this before. 
let, let's start with a basic question. Why is team building even important? Why, why even bother trying to do something? Well, because if you don't, then you have 17 completely different opinions that just clash um, and they will want to do it their way. And you have to find a way to get together and communicate, which is the utmost important skill to have on a staff. Um, if you can't talk with one another, things fall apart. You miss deadlines. And that has always been one of our uh, downfalls for us is that if something happened outside of class, um, I tell them, I don't bring it into the room. Uh, when you come in here, you're best friends. I don't care if you hate each other when you leave my room. Um, because if it's if you're not communicating, things will fall apart. All right, so we need good communication here at the beginning. Uh, I mean, do you do any, you mentioned a couple things earlier, any, I don't know, some folks call them icebreaker type things or various things to get this group to understand that, hey, we're working together here. Are there some other things you do? Um, not a whole lot of icebreakers. Um, we'll do a lot of, um, if we do like a donut day, um, an ice cream day, we will just kind of take some time out of our schedule, one class period here and there where, where we can afford to take time out um, and just kind of get to know each other. We talk, we share stories and we talk about places we've visited or things that we like to do outside of class. Um, I think it's just more important to get to know the person um, more so than anything else. Um, we Last year was our first year kind of doing a little gift exchange of Secret Santa um, the kids loved it. I encouraged them to uh, send notes anonymously to each other about like great work, um, keep it up. And some would even bring them to me for me to put at their computer before they would come into class. So I think that definitely helped um, brighten their day a little bit, but then also realize that they are valued. They are part of a little community. All right, let me play dumb here because I'm really good at it. Um, what is donut day? Uh, just bring in some donuts and eat some breakfast okay. at the end of the day. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going out and selling donuts or you're, you're eating donuts. No, my kids, they love to party. If they have, they find every excuse to have a party. So, and usually, well, and usually what we'll do is I'll, I'll say, all right, bring a snack. Uh, we'll take 10 minutes out. We'll eat a snack. We'll talk a little bit and then you got to get to work. So they definitely appreciate that break in the routine. All right, for rookie advisors tuning in, this is a very simple equation. Yearbook equals food. Correct. Okay. Put it on a sign on the wall. Yearbook equals food. It's actually one of my incentives when we sell business ads or meet deadlines that either um, they ask for ice cream parties as their re reward or um, pizza parties, chocolate parties. So, yep, they love it. We'll get back to one more segment with advisor Kelly Shearer from South Williamsport High School in Pennsylvania coming up in just a little bit. Now, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't, but it's starting to make its way around the country. A brand new portrait photo option is coming out there. It's called Jostin's Pix, P-I-X. 
If somehow you haven't heard about this yet, you at least need to check it out. Go to jostens.com slash jostenspicks, P-I-X. Definitely have a word with your Jostens representative about this brand new option. Now, when I say new, it's, that's a fib. It's actually been around for two or three years. It started near our home base in Minnesota and slowly moved out through the Midwest into some other areas of the country. Jostens Picks is beginning some rave reviews in a lot of places. And the reason for that is, is that a lot of people in a lot of places just, they don't want to deal with portraits. Portrait day is a hassle. It's a pain. Working with the photo company didn't work out the way you like. You got these bulky photo packages you have to hand out and other stuff. And then the parents, well, maybe they don't have a whole lot of selection, but boy, look at the prices lately of portrait photos. Holy smokes, they're going through the roof. Well, how do we change that? Well, a couple of years ago, some Jostens folks got together and started brainstorming on this, and they built Jostens Picks for the 21st century from the ground up. So many advantages that you can check out on the website. Let's get rid of all those portrait hassles. Let's get rid of those bulky photo packets. Nobody wants to deal with those. Let's get some top quality images, probably a cut down on the number of retakes because kids are able to see their pictures right away, more selection for the parents, a lot less price for the parents. For instance, an initial offering from Jostens Picks is only $5. No more handing out stuff at school. Ship to home. If a parent orders at least $20 or more, that's not very much, free shipping. And $25 or more, free shipping and free digital images of everything they ordered and only what they ordered. They're not forced into packages they don't want. I don't want those pictures over there. They choose the pictures and shots that they want, and that's what they get. That's Justin's Picks, and it's slowly coming to many areas of the country. We're sort of slowly unfolding this over the next two to three years, but it's something that you absolutely need to check out. Now, I tell you what, as a representative myself, if you're perfectly happy with your portrait photographer, they do great stuff for you and so on, then don't change a thing. If they do what you need them to do, awesome. That's great. We're happy about that. The problem is we've heard a lot of the same complaints probably you've heard over the last number of years about hassles and price and lack of choice and poor job by the photographer and disorganization and so on. If that's you, then you need to check out Jostens Picks. So again, go to your web, go to our website, jostens.com slash jostenspicks, P-I-X. Definitely have a word with your Jostens representative. On the website, their links are there to get even more information, so check it out. Share it with your administration. Maybe don't renew automatically with your photo company for next year. Not just yet. They don't have to rush into that. Take your time. Check out Justin's Picks. Again, you might find out, no, nah, not for us. But you may find out, ooh, hey, I can get my uh, yearbook images within a week of retake day? Oh, I'm all for that as a yearbook advisor, so there you go jostens.com slash jostenspicks. Now let's get some more final thoughts from our friend Kelly Shearer from South Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And again, some great advice, especially for rookie advisors. That's coming right up in a moment. Now there was one thing, I'm going back to last year, and again, you and I have worked together, but just for a year. And there was a day, I guess it might have been last fall, when I walked into the class and again, I've been doing this for 20 years, so more often than not, 
the teacher gets up in the front and goes over a couple things and then essentially says, all right, get to work or something like that. And what struck me on this day is I walk in, I'm sitting in the back of the room and an editor is in the front of the room or at the board going over a bunch of things with the staff. And I'm very quietly in the back of the room cheering. Yay! Now, and I think you do that regularly, that an editor leads the group. Why? Why Why not just you do everything? Um, we're going to go back to the 17 different students, 17 different questions on a daily basis. And I think every advisor out there can definitely agree with me. Um, it is tough to uh, get to everybody to... Um, answer every single question to show them everything that has to be done. So what I like to do is I like to have my editors. Um, sometimes I don't even have my editors lead certain things or help certain students. Um, but more often than not, my editor will take charge if, you know, definitely around uh, our deadline time, a couple weeks before deadline, we have a huge list, huge to-do list. Um, and she will make sure that everyone is on track and she just comes in and she'll have a game plan and we just go through either what's on the board, um, what's on our to-do list individually and just make sure that we're following it and we're staying on track. Now, kids are kids. They're young, maybe inexperienced. Um, is it tough to get an editor to get up in the front of the room and lead the group? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I remember the first time with a couple of my editors, um, just when I would say, all right, just go get everybody on track. I have to do this or I have to, you know, either meet with my rep. If my rep would come in, I would definitely um, have them take charge a little bit. Um, but I think after the first time of them doing it or if I give them an actual list, um, I know that I will kind of prepare them and say, okay, all you have to do is just go over this, this, and this. And they'll get up there. They're a little nervous at first, but then they're like, oh, yeah, that's not so bad. And so then the second time when they do it, it's great. Now, what I love about my yearbook staff, and I tell them this every year, is that if I um, suddenly have a sick day and I can't make it to work, um, usually in my sub plans, I will simply say, um, look to these individuals often my editors. Um, I will also include somebody else who's not an editor in case they are absent. And I simply say, please go over everything that needs to be done. And that's all I have to write in my sub plans. And they take charge and I come back and my board is filled with things that they have accomplished or things that they have talked about. And um, it just, it definitely melts my heart because they know that they need to take charge. All right, now I'm curious, but you may have just answered the question here. The kids sitting in the seats, the staffers, yes. are they more receptive to the editor leading them? Or are they more receptive to you when you're leading them? Or is there really no difference? Um, hmm. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think maybe more receptive for me. Uh, depends on the concept, maybe, or what is happening. Um, when it's crunch time, probably me more so than the editor. Um, if it's just daily routine things that, you know, tagging or um, uploading photos, anything like that, 
Um, the editor is definitely fine. Sometimes she'll even explain it in a different way that I didn't explain it. Um, so I guess it just depends on the situation. So. Well, the only reason I asked the question, again, 20 years experience, I've seen too many times where after a period of time, maybe in the, in the fall or into the winter, the kids, you know, here comes the advisor again. Oh, she's telling us what to do again. And the eye rolls start to happen. And, and I can see the, uh, the, the frustration maybe in the teacher's face, like they're not listening to me. I just wonder if kids are more respective or, or, uh, receptive being led or hearing from other kids than from the teacher. What do you think? Um, I might have to agree with that. Um, you know, it's all the situation, I guess, or even the student. Um, if the, uh, if there's a clash in personality, and I know that some kids aren't going to respect that person, um, I might have smaller groups then break out and talk about whatever we are doing um, in that smaller situation as opposed to a whole class kind of discussion. Now, you kind of mentioned earlier, your book, of course, is a year-round thing. It's not like a sports team, which maybe goes for, you know, three months or four months, and then, okay, season's over. You've got your team all year long. We have team building at the beginning. Then what? Is there team building things maybe that happen throughout the entire year? You're working with these kids all the way into May and June. Um, a little bit here and there. Um, like I said, it's just more of kind of getting together. We have um, a couple work days throughout the year where it's not just in our classroom setting. We'll do either an evening session where, again, we buy pizza and have dinner. Um, and still work on the book, or we'll do a whole day of school working together, um, which my district has been great about giving us. Um, and then we try to do at least um, two to three Saturday work sessions where the kids come in, and it's just a great day. Um, sometimes we, you know, play movies, or we'll watch, um, like in the fall, we'll watch football um, just on the big screen, and it's a great time to just be together and to work and not have the stress of our school day. So I think more so for us, that's kind of the team building that my staff likes. There you go. Football Saturday, yearbook time. I like that. That's Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And, of course, and remember the equation, folks, yearbook equals food. Correct. Correct. And then at the end of the year, um, we have actually started to do um, a team dinner. Um, so that is right at the end of the school year. We try to do it in May. We get together, the staff, um, they like to dress up a little bit, and um, we go and have a nice dinner together. And just kind of, that's actually um, one year that we did it, we um, brought the book to them, so they got to see the book for the first time. Um, last year, our book came in a little bit earlier, so we looked at the book before that dinner. So That's a great team. That's some, that's a that's the definition of a great team. That's awesome, Kelly. One more question as we wrap up here. Uh, I know I'm going to assume we have some rookie people who are tuning in. Um, you're a veteran advisor. I'm thinking especially adults, rookie advisors. Um, maybe some words of advice. Um, like for instance, now we didn't mention this earlier, but your husband is a rookie advisor at a neighboring school. Correct. He is. He is. 
Now, there's a rookie advisor who, you know, if we're looking at the video here, you're sitting on a couch, he'd be sitting right there next to you. Um, what's some advice maybe you've given him or just rookie advisors in general to make sure this can be a little overwhelming if you let it? What are some advice you would give to people brand new at this? Okay, well, my very first piece of advice to him was um, to definitely seek out and recruit strong students. Um, he's in a club situation, I have a class, um, but I still do the same thing. If we notice, um, my assistant advisor is the, um, is the art teacher at our school. So she and I, I have the writing, she has the art, um, and we look for students on a daily basis and we say, hey, why aren't you in your book? Why aren't you in your book? Um, some kids kind of get annoyed with us because we do say that often. Um, but when we see the potential, we really want to recruit them. So definitely reach out to every student that you see, that you come across. Um, and, you know, even if you had them a year or two ago, just kind of remember their potential. Um, other things to definitely befriend your administration and your coworkers, the rest of the staff. Um, you'll need everybody along with you. Um, maintenance custodial, everyone. Um, in addition to, to kind of piggyback off of that, you need to feature everyone as well. Um, they too are important. The administration, the um, cafeteria staff, your janitors, anything like that, they all are a part of your school community. Um, and there's no reason why you can't feature those individuals. Um, I remember last year our uh, one custodian she got super excited because she was actually my dominant photo um and it was great and um so it was something that kind of made her feel part of the group as well um other things to definitely have a game plan you can't go in every day and just sort of wing it you have to have a list of things to do whether it's individualized by student or um, kind of by section however you choose to do it um listen to your students Definitely listen to your students. I, at the end of my school year, I always have a sit-down meeting with my editors, and we go through everything, play by play, what happened, what worked, what didn't work, um, and then we try to make the changes for the next year. So it's my eighth year, and I'm still changing things. I don't have it set in stone. I don't have it, you know, cookie cutter, um, just because every group is different. Um, what might work one year doesn't work the next. So um keep up with your deadline that's another one sometimes yes, we struggle we like that one yes thank you yep. <laughs> uh, yes um we i we make sure we try to meet every single deadline um and um don't hesitate to talk to your rep i've been very fortunate to have great reps um and scott like you said we've only been together for a year but it's been a great year um, so they are there to help you. Seriously, any question, any problem, they're there. Um, and then it's just make your book about everyone, okay? Every student, uh, even when you think that, um, like certain clubs aren't important, they're important to some people. Um, so you definitely have to include them. And I think like, I love the fact that Jostens has the, um, you know, trying to feature students three times or more in a book, that is kind of like um, 
your ultimate check in reality of, you know what, that kid bought a book and he's only in there one time. And you make every effort to find a way to get those kids into the book. So, Kelly, that's some great advice, and I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Uh, yes, let's not be harsh on the lunch ladies. All right, they work hard. And the custodians. Folks, think about this. If it weren't for the custodians, you'd be marching through trash down the hallway in about a week. Yep. All right, sometimes the custodians get a bad rap. No, those folks are they're awesome. So... Kelly, some great advice. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, let's see what we can do this year. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, a big thank you to our friend Kelly from South Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Now, again, as we're recording this episode, the Little League World Series is going on literally down the street or down the road from Kelly's school. And, of course, that's a big, big, big deal for baseball fans. And also for my friends in South Williamsport and Williamsport, that whole general area, it's like the world comes to town. So that's kind of cool. So that's going on right now as we record this. So good luck uh, to those folks. And hopefully you got some great advice there from Kelly, not only about team building, which is important to do, not only here at the very start of the year, but really ongoing throughout the entire school year. Again, what your kids are doing is really important. One difference with a sports team, of course, a sports team might only play for you know, three or four months. Your yearbook staff is going all year long. And sometimes they need a little extra encouragement and fun and partying and food. And that's part of team building. So hopefully you got some great advice and ideas from Kelly. And uh, we've got some great stuff coming up for you this fall with our monthly podcast. So don't forget also our video feature, the Yearbooking Report, featured on YouTube. Just uh, use the search bar there, search for Yearbooking Report. Only one thing comes up and you'll see some terrific uh, ideas, tips, and encouragement from folks uh, in yearbook all over the country. So we hope you enjoy that too. And thanks again for tuning in to the Yearbooking Report podcast.